0: Outsiders Only, this is SkyTerror. Hey Skytarians! welcome to Outsiders Only, a fan-made SkyTerror podcast. Uh, This week I decided to do something a little bit different. Uh, I have embarked on the journey of the Outsiders League as a new player, and uh, this week I decided to bring in my first round opponent, who you may know on the Discord as uh, Tesseract. Um, Welcome Val to the Outsiders Only podcast, how are you doing?
1: Uh, I'm doing very well. Thanks for inviting me, and hello, everyone.
0: So yeah, I just wanted to um, first maybe give people a little bit insight into you. What what is kind of your your card game background, and how did you get into SkyTear?
1: Okay, uh, card game background. I played a bit of Magic, a bit of Keyforge. I'm currently uh, playing a lot of uh, Netrunner. It's my latest addiction. And it's through Netrunner, I was looking for some tips and stuff, and I stumbled onto uh, the Team Covenant YouTube channel. They have a lot of Netrunner stuff. And through them, I discovered SkyTear and instantly fell in love. And I, um, I subscribed to the last tournament. Uh, I participated in it. I think I went uh, two wins and three losses in that one, but I did learn a lot. And so I thought I'd give a shot on the new tournament.
0: Yes, that's kind of my philosophy is I I don't expect to do well, but I know this is probably the best way to understand the game and learn as well as see potentially some top competitors uh, pull some tricks on you that you are going to get valuable lessons from. So that's why I thought just dive right in and not worry about it.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that did happen to me.
0: So I wanted to today to talk about uh, the game that we played. I thought it'd be an interesting uh, experience to kind of look back, uh, look at some of my mistakes and some lessons I learned from it. Uh, I think that creates uh, a good opportunity for players maybe interested in coming into the game as well as um, players maybe in the game getting some insight from other things. So I just wanted to, to have a discussion with you about it and you can pick apart some of the things I, I did completely wrong. And we can also discuss some things that I learned and maybe people are not, uh, who are getting into the game are not basically taking as much uh, of a notice of. Right. So first off, I think, I think my, um, my biggest mistake I made, and uh, this one, this one is, feels slightly embarrassing to talk about is, it, I didn't choose Frail as one of my heroes when I had squishy, like really squishy guys.
1: Right. Well, I think picking you pick two squishy guys and no healer, uh, thinking that I did not have many mages, I believe, was your reasoning. But yeah. the problem with that was, well, first of all, I had an assassin. And second of all, two of the three victory conditions were aggro-oriented. So a heal would have been uh, very good. Because you went for like uh, a push strategy, and heal would would have postponed my aggro victory.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, so just to, just to give everyone kind of an idea of the heroes that we chose, is I chose Kordjouf, uh, uh Naklin, and uh, Kotlik.
1: Yeah, and I believe it's uh, Nelaklin, the Greek Nelaklin, guy.
0: yes. Thank you. Thank you. And um, Val, who did you choose as your heroes? Uh,
1: so I picked uh, Kichi, Akuti... Um, Akimo and Zacco.
0: And then our victory conditions we had was uh left breach.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, then we had uh, onslaught which is 3 kills and then we had obstinacy. I don't know how you pronounce that but it's 2 kills on the same hero.
0: Yes. So um it was the the onslaught was the victory if I'm not mistaken for you. Yes, correct. Correct. Yes. And that was uh again my misplay of not having frail and all the heal. Yeah. <laughs> As well as the squishy guys, yeah. So, um, let's just uh, jump into some of the things that that uh, you noticed in the game because I, I I really appreciated your post game kind of uh, evaluation mm-hmm. and insights.
1: Okay, so first I want to preface by saying that I'm by no means a good player. I probably say I'm decent. Um, So I wouldn't go as far as to be absolutely sure you made a mistake, but I will say that you did stuff that made my life a bit easier, perhaps. Yeah, um, and
0: these are just good things to note, I think, for any new players is kind of, it's good to hear different perspectives. And mm-hmm. then you can kind of see what resonates with how you want to play the game. I think that's that's a good thing. And that's the, one of the reasons why I want to do this is because hearing different perspectives, you're going to maybe start hearing a trend of things throughout this as I go through my journey, as well as maybe you're going to notice that you did some of these things and notice that you had a negative response as a result. So it's kind of like take this in and learn and grow with the information.
1: Right, right. I'm going to go a quick overview on the biggest things that come to mind, and if you want to delve into one or all of them, uh, we shall. Sounds um, good. So, first of all, there's that uh, hell not pick was pretty big, but we already talked about that. I think you probably should have replaced uh, Clen by her, because Clen had very little impact. Uh, granted, he went down early, but even on his turns, he did very little. So I'm yes. not sure if it's bad luck or if it's uh, he's he wasn't very good in that game.
0: I think it also has to do with, like you said, I chose one too many squishy guys, mm-hmm. and his effect was not helpful. So that probably would would have been the right choice of swapping out. And I and I agree with you. I, you know what it was was I was kind of testing Neliklin because. I thought the concept of being able to cast cards over and over so cool. Yeah, would have been a really cool strategy. The problem is, is I think that ability holds a lot more weight as you go further into the game, and then him being a squishy guy with no heal to keep him alive meant that I lost that momentum in order to utilize that fact when the time would have come. So I think that was part of the problem with having it and not the heal and then right. it had the, the two squishy guys. I think I think that's the thing, because obviously when you get to the third round of the game, uh, and you can use six mana basically with him, that I think that's quite a, right. a powerful uh, game-changing moment.
1: Well, I talked with a, a better player than I am, and, and he used that hero, and what he said is that he uses him as an anti-mage, kind of, where he puts... Uh, some cards like re- redirect and stuff like that, because he can have all the colors of the pie, uh, Nelaklan and then uh, turn three uh, surprise uh, boom uh, apocalypse guy, but he right. plays him very safe until turn three.
0: Mm, so stays out of the fray, keeps it more protected, things like that.
1: Yeah, like if you look at the at how the map is, uh, he would like put him in the uh, in the hidden areas on the sides, not the ones close to the dome, you know? And those are pretty hard to get to. You have to, like, really overextend to catch some heroes in those.
0: So you'd be basically making inefficient plays to try and go after those heroes. Yeah. Interesting.
1: Well, it's it's more risky than inefficient. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, there's that. Then there's the um, overall strategy. Like, one thing that... Well, you know, to to me, I was a new player like yesterday, you know, not literally, (laughs) but uh, I I have a very fresh memory of when I was discovering everything as you are. Um, And so two things that uh, make you get really better at this game, I think, is correctly identifying threats. For instance, uh, when you see a chemo dropped, you you say, oh, I'm not going to put two squishy guys and stuff like that. And identifying them not only during picks, but on the board, like, Oh, a chemo is there. Maybe my squishy guy will go somewhere else. Right.
0: Mm, yep.
1: And the other thing is, uh, during pick is the victory cards thinking of, you know, how you built your deck, which ones you want to go for, which ones you want to deny your opponents. And that's another one. So the first big thing was the fray hell thing. And the second is you went for the uh, control victory condition. You went for left breach. However, uh, I feel like your picks did not really complement that. You didn't have many pushers, and your deck did not have many push cards either. You had a um, skirmish deck, correct? Yes. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like you could not apply enough pressure to me that I would not be able to kill your heroes which can definitely happen (laughs)
0: yes (laughs) okay that's that's interesting yeah i mean i'm i'm going to go back to the drawing board and and tweak this deck my my plan is kind of to use to evolve one deck and stick with it and Mm -hmm. truly try and learn a concept rather than try a lot of things over this time i kind of want to take this this league to stick with something evolve it tweak it and keep utilizing it and try and see if over time and through experience uh, I can get to what my goal was and seeing how different victory conditions benefit the deck in different ways and trying to learn that way. That's kind of my, my goal right now.
1: One thought I had about how to build a deck in a hero pool is that you have to have in mind which victory conditions you would like to go for and you also want to have stuff to deny all the others the ones you're bad at you want to deny them for your opponents so for instance if you want to go full aggro then you want to deny your opponents pushing power so you'll put cards in that you know uh, make minions invulnerable i forget the name safeguard or something you know Mm -hmm. stuff like that
0: right okay i see what you're saying um and then also um the i want to talk about the shape-shifting aspect
1: Mm. yes
0: so uh there is obviously I was using uh Lyothan, which has the shapeshift. And um there is interesting thing that you said that um I made a mistake because I took Brival and I didn't put him in the dome, and you think he's yeah. a fantastic dome guy because you can waste people's actions with his uh passive ability. Well or his shapeshift ability, I mean
1: I think he's a good dome guy because he likes to be in the middle of stuff not necessarily mm-hmm. because he's a good good dome guy right it's just right. that where he likes to be happens to be where the dome is
0: okay um and the mistake i made was i put him like literally on the far side of the map hidden yeah. by himself which didn't cater to what he wants to yeah, do. yeah
1: so that's well the 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 brilvar thing was my third big point and i don't have any more so it's good that we're talking about it but yeah okay. um it also reaches my second point, which is I was going for aggro, and Brilvar is an excellent guy for denying me that because you could taunt my assassins and stuff.
0: Right. Yeah, that was. Um, see, that's this was my first time playing with Brilvar, so I'm I'm actually really glad that I played it against you because you gave me a lot of feedback and insight into ways that he can be utilized in a in a better way, and I and I didn't appreciate the taunt aspect and now when you kind of outlined it to me and explained the way i can do things and it would have shifted the game i could really see how in particular our game it could have had a great effect if i had been using him correctly
1: oh yeah brolvar is probably my favorite hero now i played a mono blue in the last tournaments mostly and uh, i had a lot of fun with brolvar
0: yeah i'm excited um so and then Let's move on kind of to the the last point that I want to talk about, which I think for a new player was something that I didn't fully appreciate. And I think they have a much greater impact in the game than you may notice just on like reading the cards type of thing. And that is the move cards, the push cards, things mm. like that, that can actually throw heroes off of their actions. Because we had a moment in the game, which I think we both agreed was a significant turning point yeah. that led to you... Being able to succeed quite easily after that, and that was when you played a sinkhole on Cordjuf and prevented. And it was right after I activated him to be. And able he was to move. shapeshifted
1: as well, so yeah. he was melee.
0: Yeah, so I lost my range. I lost my fast, basically, as a result, and it it completely. And he was really far off on the map compared to where the control token was.
1: Right. He was like on the edge of the dome, but towards your side. And you had successfully pushed that control token towards mine. And I felt that you wanted to go where the control token was. So I played sinkhole to prevent him from going there. And also, since he was melee, it was double whammo. But you did uh, cast charm on yourself to remove your own shapeshift. That was hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) So you could still attack my guys in the dome, but... I, with just one card, I also played played it on turn two with the Sky Tier Flux,
0: mm-hmm.
1: so that was probably why it had such a big impact. Yes, but yeah, that card like was almost as good as the ultimate that uh, exhausts a hero. You know, it wasted the whole turn of one hero with just yes. one card.
0: Yeah, that's very true. And I, I think uh, at the time, Korjov was also, he was quite badly damaged. So you also kept him in a position where he was more vulnerable to get hit potentially. Yeah.
1: And also after that, uh, you, you you went in the dome and then you had a lead. And with the call, I pushed him back. So your lead was wasted. So that yes. was a, a huge pivotal moment in the game, I think.
0: Yeah, I agree. It was it was huge. It made me really appreciate the card Sinkhole. Um, mm-hmm. I think I have it in this deck, but not. Uh, I wasn't thinking of it the same way. Uh, I was, but I I don't have enough. Like, I I definitely like it, and I can see like I'm I'm gonna be looking now at the the cards that allow you to to push and move and restrict movement, right. those sort of things. I'm gonna be looking to add those as I tweak in this next uh, iteration of the deck I made.
1: So. You, you say that uh, movement cards are underrated by newer players, and I couldn't agree more. I was in the same boat yesterday, like I said. Um, I was like, oh, I want attack and stuff. But movement is insane, because you can render an uh, enemy hero completely useless by dodging his attack. Or if the enemy dodges, you can follow him. Or like in the case of Sinkhole, it's a freaking three-mana card that I have to play and target hexes. And let's say I play it on your Kordhraff, I target the hexes, and then you respond with a move card, and Kordroff is no longer in the sinkhole. You just made mm-hmm. me waste a three-mana card, and you used a two-mana card or something, and then, yeah, movement is great.
0: <laughs> yeah, a 100% agree. And and uh, I think that also goes to something that Sky Terror brings to the table, is a lot of us, I think, are coming from... I feel like so far the people I've met, they're coming from more of a card game background rather than a miniatures game background. Mm-hmm. So the concept of movement and having a board in which your 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 heroes are within is not something that we're as familiar with in terms of playing, like responding and reacting to people's uh what people do with cards is something that's familiar. But I think the actual utilization of a three-dimensional space yeah. is is something that Like As players, for the most part, we're not used to that environment, so we don't get the idea of movement. The cards itself, they're not in our minds as something that's important. You think of all direct damage, you think of things like um, being able to to do an effect that is going to make your things more powerful. Uh, Those come from other card games, so you have that familiarity, and I think you tend to Lean always towards what you're familiar with instead of experimenting with what you're not familiar with, and I think that's part of the reason why you see that something like a move card is is for new players something that they don't uh, understand or gravitate to when they're building their deck and trying to say, okay, I only have I only have uh, I'm allowed eight cards total. Uh, I don't understand this one or see the value right now. So I'm not going to include it because I don't want it to be a dead card
1: type of thing. <laughs> Until you get sinkholed in the face. <laughs> Correct.
0: Yes, yeah, exactly. You learn fast. I,
1: I didn't think of it that way, but the way you say it, yeah, I think I agree. It's not something that you can take from a game like Magic or stuff because take like Hearthstone where positioning or KeyForge, where positioning can be important. And if you had a card that said, oh, move a character, you'd be like, eh. But yeah, in this game, like almost everything can only hit within three hexes. So being able to respond magic a magic by just being out of line of sight and fizzling the attack of someone is insane.
0: I agree. It's very cool. so'm I'm, I'm excited to experiment with that side of the game moving forward. Um, I think it's it's really interesting. And uh, it's something I didn't quite consider. And I'm I'm actually very excited to get down to tweaking my deck for the the next round. I think it's gonna be um very interesting and I hope and, and you know what else is super interesting about Sky Terror is the the victory conditions. Like you could literally yeah. have this moment where your deck just hums because of victory conditions, and then they swap and suddenly now your deck is just falling flat on its face and yes. and it's you just realize like it's it's the ability to have um I guess, proficiency in one area, but not have a weakness in the other. It's finding, yeah, it's finding it's, that balance, which is so interesting.
1: That's why you say you have to have stuff to deny against what you're not good at.
0: Mm-hmm. And so just from your own perspective, do you think it's better to have, uh, you have a hero that that you bring in as a result of this, or do you have it exist throughout different... Like different, a, t- a uh, tech events. hero, you mean? Yeah.
1: Basically. Um, yeah, That it, that exists. Uh, A lot of uh, decks I see are like the descriptions like, oh, you always pick these two heroes and then depending on you pick uh, these other ones. But if they bring a healer, pick that one. He's anti-heal, you know, stuff like that. So that totally works. In fact, in my last game, I faced a lot of blue and so I wanted to bring a hero who's anti-blue, you know, to, and yeah. and bring him with cards that remove the shapeshift or do stuff like that.
0: Very interesting. Yeah, great idea. I think that pretty much wraps up what we want to talk about today. Yes. Where can people find you if they want to reach out and uh, just talk to you about maybe things you said today, or maybe new players feel comfortable chatting with you, that sort of thing? Where what's the best place to find you?
1: um well the discord the sky tier discord is an awesome place to be if you're interested in the game um Agreed. and so yeah i'm if, if you add me i'll see the uh, pop-up thing and i'll respond but there are a lot of other uh, amazing people that are m- much more good and invested at the game than i am but yeah discord
0: Fantastic. Uh yeah, I definitely recommend if you're looking to jam if you're a new player and looking to jam a casual game, um, Val, aka Tesseract, is a fantastic person to play with. He knows the rules very well and knows how to access them. So it's a great learning in terms of certain rules and how they work, as well as he has great patience, which I appreciate it greatly. So that is also a good thing to to have in your as someone in the community. Thank you. Um, if you're looking to reach out to me and maybe have a discussion about some things discussed or would like to jam a game, you can find me on Twitter or Instagram at Boulevard Paper Fight. That's BLVD Paper Fight or on the Sky Terror Discord at BLVD Paper Fight number sign 3840 and Paper Fight is all capitalized. So this has been another episode of Outsiders Only. I hope you enjoyed this and learned some things if you're a new player. And if you're a seasoned in the game, hopefully this gave you some insight into how people are progressing with it. So thanks everyone for tuning in. Uh, and until next week when I report, have a good one. Outsiders Only. This is Sky Terror.